Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. Today I'll be doing a review of the launch titles for Imprint Films, Australia's first real uh, premium Blu-ray service. Now, we do have a bit of a cult thing going on with, um, of course, Monster Pictures, Umbrella Entertainment, Shock Entertainment, but we've never really had a premium Blu-ray service as such. These titles um, are the first of what we hope to be many to come from Viavision's new project with Imprint Films. So let's hope that we do get more titles uh, coming soon. There are some titles dropping, of course, in August, which I'll leave a link down below for you guys to pick up copies of those films if you wish to do so. But essentially what I want to do here is just talk about these titles, some of the features on the Blu-ray, and my brief thoughts on each of the films. I don't want to get into too much detail because I know that a lot of you haven't seen these films and probably don't care, but I'm a big fan of these titles and I want to talk about them, which is something that I'm lucky enough to do on my podcast. So that's what I'll be doing. A bit of housekeeping though, before we get stuck into that. Um, Look forward to reviews coming shortly on other titles as well. I'm hoping to do a review of The Wretched, a new uh, horror film that came out from IFC Midnight. And it is playing in cinemas, which is really cool because cinemas are back open in Australia. Whilst we don't have heaps of major releases at the moment, it is slim pickings. It's mostly just films that were already released in theatres, have since come out on Blu-ray, such as Sonic the Hedgehog, Bloodshot. Uh, I think Onward has even got a brief showing in a few um, cinemas around the place too. And Trolls World Tour. So... We're lucky enough that theatres are back open. It is slim pickings as far as what you can see, but The Wretched is a new film that has made made its way to um, cinemas, which is really cool, and I'm looking forward to talking about that one as well. So look forward to a review of that shortly. I also did a review with a buddy of mine, Matt Hudson, from uh, What I Watched Last Night. We did a retrospective review for Jaws's 45th anniversary, so I'll leave a link for that one down below. It was really cool to finally sit down with Matt and have a real discussion about a film we both love. And we go into a lot of depth of what what we love about it, why we love it, and just really our favourite moments of the film. It was really cool to actually sit down in that kind of environment and finally talk about Jaws. I haven't had a chance to do that in so long, so it was really cool to actually be able to do that. So... Yeah, um, let's just get stuck into these reviews because I've been promising to do this for ages, so I finally will be reviewing the imprint film titles and I'll probably have reviews for uh, the new titles coming out soon too. So look forward to that, but without further ado, let's get stuck into the launch titles for imprint films, which consists of War of the Worlds, Sorry, Wrong Number, um, I Married a Monster from Outer Space, The Duelist and Waterloo. So take it away, trailer. So, as discussed, this is Australia's first real, um, I guess, premium Blu-ray service. So, essentially, these five films that were released are world exclusives. These haven't been released on Blu-ray before. They are all classics, they're all numbered, and they are collector's items. So, if you do have the chance to pick them up, definitely do so, because there's something to like here for everyone. And I'm not just saying that from like a sales pitch sort of thing. There is actually something to like here from everyone, because, spoiler alert, I didn't love all these films. Um... I'm a big fan of H.G. Wells' original War of the Worlds. I was familiar with the title before um, the Blu-ray release, 
But that's the first one I'll be getting stuck into. So the first title here is H.G. Wells's The War of the World. So this is the film that came out in 1953 and is the first imprint film's title. Um, there's a beautiful um, cover here. We've got a slip cover and then we've got an awesome um, a cover as well, which you would have seen in my uh, unboxing that I did of these titles. And I have posted uh, photos of them on Instagram as well. But I'll read what's on the back of the box here. So, doomed by diminishing oxygen and failing temperatures on their own planet, the Martians covet the rich atmosphere and fertile fields of planet Earth. One night, a huge flaming projectile lands near the little Californian town of Linda Rosa. Similar objects have landed in other parts of the world. The War of the Worlds is on. Gene Barry and Anne Robertson star in the special edition of the legendary producer George Powell's 1953 adaptation of one of the greatest sci-fi stories of all time, presented from a newly restored 4K master. So like I said, this is a film that I was already familiar with because when I was growing up, I was always had this massive fascination with aliens. So there was always slim pickings, I suppose, as far as, you know, family-friendly alien flicks. We were never able to really see some of those titles because a lot of them were, you know, just too taboo, too gory, um, maybe some themes that would go over a child's head, uh, where War of the Worlds was relatively simple. Aliens are invading, they're bad, we have to protect ourselves, and the War of the Worlds has begun. And we've had the remake, um, the wonderful Stephen King, um, Stephen King, Steven Spielberg film starring Tom Cruise, which I'm a huge fan of. I absolutely adore that film, and I've got fond memories of both of them uh, growing up. But I think this one here is quite charming because it is uh, was released back in 1953, and it's it is very old. It's dated, um, but it does have that charm to it because you can see a lot of creativity behind the scenes that would have gone on to create such a beautiful and well realized story. Essentially, the aliens are here, you know, and our main characters have to really survive this invasion and. It's a simple story. It's a story we all know, but it's just the way that it's made that makes it really entertaining. H.G. Wells, of course, uh, wrote the original novel, and for those who don't know, H.G. Wells was a master of science fiction. Um, he also was the original mind behind The Invisible Man, which is such a great story too, and I recently touched upon that in my Invisible Man review too. I, I think he is a real creative type, and I think he done such a great job here um, with creating such a wonderful story, and I think it still holds up in the sense that the themes are still relevant. The performances, whilst dated a little, they have that 1950s feel to them. The 4K master of the film looks phenomenal. I'm a huge fan of what they were able to do here with that master, and it looks really, really good. And if you have decent surround sound, it's going to sound even better. Unfortunately, my surround sound isn't fantastic, um, but it definitely still does the job. Uh, the film, like I said, stars Gene Barry, Anne Robertson, and Les Tremaine. Um, and yeah, it's a classic science fiction tale. I really did enjoy this film. I don't think it's as good as um, the Steven Spielberg film. The Steven Spielberg film deals, I think, with a lot more of the family drama and you get a lot more character. Um, there are some strange things in that film, of course, with Robbie just running off into joining the army that just brought up out of nowhere. He has this obsession with military tactics and yeah, it just comes out of nowhere. It's really uh, really bizarre. And the annoying factor of the film is Dakota Fanning. I find her very irritating in that film, but there are some good moments with her character too, especially when it's just her and Tom Cruise later in the film. But I, I think as far as this original one goes, I just really like it. I love the small town setting as well. I touched upon that in my Vast of Night uh, review. 
I'm a huge fan of these alien tales, but I like them when they're a lot more condensed and they are told in this smaller scale. I really like the idea that the whole world is under attack, but we see it from such a small perspective and the small town here. And I, I think it's really well done. I also like the noir sort of um, or noir um, aspects of the film too. It does have that um, 1950s classic um, feel to it as well, which I really do enjoy. Um, and yeah, the, it's just a really enjoyable film. Um, now, what spaceships do I prefer? I really like the tripods in the Steven Spielberg version. The tripods here are a bit different. We have the spaceships as well. The spaceship design is iconic. They remind me of what you would see on a Jetsons cartoon or any Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Um, they do have that real childlike charm to them, um, but I guess for the time they're revolutionary. Whilst I guess we've had better designs for spaceships since then, I still think they're quite cool and I did enjoy them in the film. The sound effects, like I said, are really good. Um, I really like Gene Barry in this film. He is quite over the top, but I think he suits the role very good. Um, and yeah, I think this is fantastic uh, release from um, Imprint Films. And I'm glad it was one of their first titles because I suppose it just shows exactly what is to come from them. Uh, we can expect to see a lot more of these, you know, classic science fiction tales. There's some films I would love to see uh, then release along the lines. And I'll go through some of those titles that they're releasing in August as well at the end of the review. But yeah, War of the Worlds, definitely check it out. Uh, I'll read out some of the special features. So like I said, it's a 4K restoration of the original camera negative, which is really cool because it's the first one. Um, exclusive audio commentary by film critics Barry Forshaw and Kim Newman. Audio commentary by actor Gene Barry and actress Anne Robinson. Audio commentary by fans Joe Dante, director, of course, of Gremlins. Bob Burns and Bill Warren. The Sky is Falling, making of a War of the Worlds documentary, which I have started watching and it is quite entertaining. H.G. Wells, the father of science fiction featurette, um, which is available as well on the Imprint Films uh, YouTube channel. The Mercury Theatre on All Air presents the War of the Worlds radio broadcast from 1938 with stills of awesome Wells. This is fantastic because if you don't know the story, essentially they released it as a radio broadcast back in the 40s, I believe it was. Um, and it was, oh, sorry, it was 1938, just before the 40s. Um, and essentially people who were listening to the radio thought it was real. Um, there's a great Simpsons skit on one of their Treehouse of Horrors, and I can't remember what it is, and they recreate, I guess, the War of the Worlds film it's more based on, but they do play off that um that initial broadcast that the world was being invaded by aliens at the time and everyone thought it was real because they weren't used to that form of um, entertainment over the radio. So it was really interesting and to have that here is really cool because I've heard it before on YouTube because I was always interested to see what it would sound like. It sounds like classic old radio, but at the same time you put yourself in the shoes of that time and you're like, that is really spooky and really creepy. So that's really cool that that's included on this Blu-ray and I think that's probably my favourite feature here. Um, the theatrical trailer as well, um, which I was sharing upon its release, and a photo gallery, which just has stills from the movie and behind-the-scenes stills as well. I would give this War of the Worlds release a uh, 9 out of 10. As a film, it gets a 7 out of 10 from me. Like I said, it is a bit dated now, um, but you've got to appreciate where it was coming from, especially from the time as well. So that's War of the Worlds, guys. So the next film I'll be talking about is Sorry, Wrong Number, which is a film... As well, I hadn't seen before um, uh, some of the other titles. From here on in, I haven't seen any of these films before, so um, it was quite new for me to actually check them out. So, sorry, wrong number. Um, Barbara Stanwyck and Bert Lancaster star in this classic adaptation of Lucille uh, Fletcher's suspenseful radio play. 
A young, be- bedridden, neurotic woman who has married a man from the wrong side of the tracks whom she has attempted to dominate completely gets her wires crossed when making a call from her bedroom telephone and inadvertently overhears two men plotting a murder. Anxiously, Leona wades through a telephone company bureaucracy to trace the call, never catching on that the murder being planned is hers. Um, like I said, this is a film that I had never seen before. This is the second imprint film title, and it is a 1948 release. Now, this isn't a 4K master of this film. Um, it is, in fact, though, um, it, it, I think it's 1080p resolution. It's 2K. Yeah, it is. So uh, 1080p, um, 2K resolution, which is still pretty impressive uh, for a title like this, especially considering, how old is it? 62 years old. It's quite an old film. But, um, yeah, this is a film uh, directed by Anatol Litovec um, and was something that I, uh, out of the other releases, I think I Married a Monster from Outer Space and The Duelist um, being uh, a really Scott film that I was really anticipating. Um, this was one that I wasn't too keen on checking out, but at the same time, I didn't know enough about the film. I'd seen the trailer. I'd read that synopsis that I just read out before, and it didn't really sound like anything new to me. It sounded a lot like uh, a plot that you would see. It kind of reminded me of Rope. If you haven't seen Rope, um, the wonderful Alfred Hitchcock film, um, where they've just committed a murder and they're trying to hide it in front of everyone at a dinner party sort of to prove to how smart they are. That film is much better than this film, but um, I got the same sort of vibe there. It was the way that it was filmed. I really enjoyed the performances. I thought Burt Lancaster was fantastic. Um, and it's a film that I think a lot of people don't really know about. So it's cool. This is another great example of a release that it's cool for us to have. This is something that feels like it should belong in the Criterion Collection, but it's not, and it's a world exclusive on Blu-ray as well. Um, all these titles I should mention as well are all Paramount releases, so... Uh, Via Vision and Imprint Films, of course, are a partner of Paramount. So a lot of these titles do um, have that Paramount stamp. And it's cool because I suppose you have a look through that um, that Paramount library. We have Warner Archive in America, which is a lot of Warner Brothers films because Times Warner dominated the 1930s pretty much through to the 1950s uh, in Hollywood. Uh, a lot of Universal titles as well. So they were the two big ones. But Paramount was sort of in the background, Viacom, um, more traditionally known as because it's the larger company that owns Paramount Pictures. Um, but essentially, yeah, there's a lot of these Paramount titles that are sitting in that wardrobe that are sort of waiting to be remastered. And um, we've got these five titles to begin with, but who knows what else is on the cards. Um, but yeah, I, I think the film is well well directed. It has that neo-noir feel to it as well, similar to War of the Worlds and similar to actually The Duelist as well, which is strange considering it's a period piece. But a lot of these films do have a similar feel in that respect. Um, and yeah, this is another film that I, I, I did enjoy. I did find it kind of slow to begin with. Uh, I'm not um, completely out of touch when it comes to classic films and older films especially, considering a lot of my repertoire being bought up and studying has um, been around a lot of these older titles. But this was a film that I wasn't as, like I said, I wasn't as keen to see it. And I mean, you read the uh, premise of it, it sounds interesting, but it's just not as interesting as what you'd hope. But I mean, you've got to look at it as a product of its time. If this was remade today, it would be unbearable. Um, It would be, you know, the classic um, Screen Gems release, you know, similar to like Lakeview Terrace or... Breaking in those terrible, terrible films that are released by that company. Um, so I think we're lucky that this film does exist now on Blu-ray because hopefully it'll stir people away from or steer uh, executives away from remaking it. 
Um, but yeah, it's got some great special features here too. Like I said, it's a 1080p presentation of the film. Uh, exclusive commentary by Noir expert um, and Film Noir Foundation board member Alan K. Road. Uh, introduction by film historian Eddie Muller. Uh, Sorry, wrong number. Lux Radio Theatre with Barbara Stanwyck and Burt Lancaster. Um, this one that was recorded two years after it's released. Sorry, wrong number. A radio play by Lucy of uh, Fletcher. Filmed performance at a theatre in Ellenvale, uh, USA. Recorded fourteenth of March two thousand and nine. And a theatrical trailer and a photo gallery. As a Blu-ray release, it's getting an eight out of ten from me. Uh, and as a film, I'll give it about a six out of ten. I did enjoy it, but not as much as War of the Worlds. Um, so the next title we have here is I Married a Monster from Outer Space. This is the third imprint film's title, uh, released in 1958. Um, and, yeah, this one was something, again, I was unfamiliar with. I hadn't seen it before, but after seeing the trailer, I thought this could be a bit of fun. Um, so I'll read the back of the box on this one as well. A race of monster-like aliens from another planet try to conquer Earth by taking over a small town, inhabiting the bodies of prominent citizens and attempting to impregnate their women. After one newly wed woman becomes suspicious of her husband when witnessing him turn into a monster, the entire town begins to rise to the threat of conquest by the aliens. This was a film as well, um, like I said, haven't seen it before, but... I was interested to see this just for the sheer fact that it looked ridiculous. It kind of reminds me of the premise of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, And, of course, Invasion of the Body Snatchers came out around the same time as this film too. But I think the way that Invasion of the Body Snatchers was done was a lot better. This is played more for comedy where Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a lot more of a horror film. Um, And I think this film's fine. It's quite fun. Um, A lot of the comedy is very dated, um, but the costume design and a lot of the aspects with the alien just feel really like that fish-out-of-water scenario, and some of them are quite entertaining. There's some really entertaining comedic sequences here. Um, I like the way that the two leads play off each other. Um, I think they do quite a good job. So we have Tom Tryon and and Gloria Talbot, and I think both of them do a really good job here in the film. They, They do suit their roles quite well. Uh, It was directed by Gene Fowler Jr. um, and written by Luis Vitesse. Um, And I thought, yeah, they did a a pretty good job with this film. Um, The restoration is, again, a 2K uh, resolution. It's not 4K. Um, The only one that's in 4K is the War of the Worlds um, release here. But um, the 1080p still looks uh, really good. And I think considering that it's a film from 1958, um, it plays exactly how you would imagine a film like this would play. Um, It's got some special features too. So we have exclusive audio commentary by film critics Barry Forshaw and Kim Newman again and a theatrical trailer and photo gallery. So not as many um, special features as the first two imprint films titles but still enough there to keep you entertained Um, and I guess to tide over fans of the title as well. I'm going to give this one as a release a 7 out of 10 um, and as a film I'll give it about a a 6.5. I did enjoy that one. Um, Like I said, some of the comedy is a bit dated um, and it is slow in portions, but it's still very entertaining. Now, the next film was the second most anticipated film for me out from these initial five um, titles here from from Imprint Films. Now, this is a Paramount Pictures release once again, um, and this is the third, uh, fourth title, sorry, of um, the Imprint Films catalogue. And this one was released in 1977 and it is directed by the wonderful Ridley Scott. So two years prior to Alien, he directed this one. Um, So this is The Duelist, um, which follows Keith Carradine and Harvey Keitel, who play officers in Napoleon's army, De Hubert and Freud, uh, and spend their off hours challenging each other to a bloody duels. 
This goes on for nearly 16 years with neither man showing any inclination of calling a truce. Uh, The final clash finds the gentlemanly de Herbert um, getting the upper hand of the obsessed afraid, um, but that's not quite the end of the story. This was a film that, um, like I said, I was quite anticipating just because it is a Ridley Scott film. Now, Ridley Scott is not one of my favourite filmmakers of all time, but he has made some of my favourite films of all time. Now, you might be asking, what's the difference? The difference is that Ridley Scott's body of work is not as, I guess, consistent as some directors. You have filmmakers like Martin Scorsese or David Fincher, who rank in my favourite filmmakers of all time, but it's because their films are so consistent. You can expect something from them uh, each time you see one of their films. Now, with Ridley Scott, he has made... Some of my favourite films of all time, I love Gladiator, I love Alien, and I love Blade Runner. But some of his films fall in that lesser category, like Hannibal, not a big fan of. Um, Black Hawk Down's pretty good. Um, The Body of Lies, Robin Hood, The Counselor. A lot of these films just don't live up to the Ridley Scott name that we've come to expect from films like Gladiator and Alien and Blade Runner, even Legend to some extent, and a lot of people do like Kingdom of Heaven as well. Um, I'm not as big a fan, but I do appreciate that director's cut because it is a lot better than the theatrical. But um, The Duelist was a film I had never seen before. I was happy to add it to my Ridley Scott collection because it was something I was interested in seeing, and I think it falls under that mid-range Ridley Scott for me. There's definitely some aspects I love about this film. I love the idea of these two, you know, fighting each other uh, consistently for years and the fact that they're so evenly matched as well. It has this real tension to it and I love Harvey Keitel. I've been a huge fan of Harvey Keitel's for ages. Uh, so seeing him in such a, a role like this, um, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it and I think it was a precursor definitely for what Ridley Scott could do behind the camera. He is a very talented filmmaker he can do a lot of different things. He's he's great at that epic feel, and there's some battles here, um, which are you know more um, personal than what you'd expect from a Ridley Scott film because we're used to these big epic action sequences. Where here it just you know it's a smaller um, duel between two characters, and I think you know that personal touch as well with these characters. So it really does play well, and I really enjoyed that aspect of the film. Um, I also like the costume design and the set design. There's some really cool sets. It feels like a stage play. Um, I said that initially when um, I was watching the trailer of the film. I was like, this feels like a stage play. And it does play like one as well. The drama feels a lot lot more personal, like I said. And I I think the way that Scott films the drama as well, it does just feel exactly like you would be watching a stage play. And I think that was really cool, and I really did enjoy that aspect. Um, like I said, this is in 1080p as well, so it's a 2K resolution of the film, but um, it still looks really good. Um, there's audio commentary with Ridley Scott because, of course, he is still alive. Uh, audio commentary and isolated uh, score by composer Howard Blake. Uh, interview with actor Keith Carradine. Uh, dueling directors uh, Ridley Scott and Kevin Reynolds interview and a theatrical trailer and photo gallery. So there's a lot to love here in this uh, release and I'm a huge fan of this one. Um, There are some aspects of the film that definitely do drag and some of the um, stunt choreography isn't as good as what uh, Scott has done, I suppose, with Gladiator, Kingdom of Heaven, even Exodus, Gods and Kings. But um, yeah, it's a really good film still, and I really did enjoy it, and I think it's a precursor of what Scott was capable of, especially heading into the 90s, um, at the 80s and 90s, sorry. And I think, yeah, he does a really good job here. So I'm going to give The Duelist as a Blu-ray release, 
I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, but as a film, I'll give it an 8 out of 10 as well. I really did enjoy this film, um, and I think as far as the titles go, it's probably... War of the Worlds is my favourite, and I, I can see myself re-watching it. The Duelist, though, is probably the best-made film and probably the best film out of the lot of them. Now, the last film is Waterloo, the film that I didn't really like. Um, this is still a really good release, uh, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a lot to love there for fans of this tale, but it's not really my cup of tea. So this is the fifth and final uh, imprint films title from the initial release, uh, released in 1970, and starring Rod Steiger and Christopher Plummer, and was directed by Sergei Bondachuk. So let's get stuck into it. Napoleon's abduction and his exile to Elba, his dramatic escape, his reunion with his devoted troops and their generals, his last desperate bid for ultimate power and glory narrowly defeated on the bloody fields of Waterloo. A film on epic scale with a cast to match. Rod Steiger, Christopher Plummer, Awesome Well shows up for a bit too, I forgot about that, and Jack Hawkins all contribute fine por- uh, portraits of great men against a magnificent backdrop of a battle and bloodshed. Now, that sounds epic and sounds like something that Ridley Scott would direct. This is a G-rated film, and it's not very entertaining. It's quite boring. It's a bit of a slog to get through, but I do appreciate the release itself. It is a really good-looking film. There's a lot to like as far as some of those battle sequences. And you have a look. It came out in 1970. For them to do the things that they did with the camera back then is quite impressive. I mean, Ben-Hur also did some magnificent things with the camera, but that's another story. Um, but Waterloo just really dragged for me. I found it quite boring and tedious. And I don't like using the word boring, as you know. But there was definitely some elements of this film that I thought were very tedious and quite dull. Um, I think there's still a lot to like for fans of these um, of this release. This is the only Columbia Pictures release too, by the way. So this is the only release that isn't a Paramount film title. Um, this is its first release on Blu-ray as well. But like I said, there's just not a lot to really you know sink your teeth into here. I, I found myself just really drowsy watching it. It just wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, Christopher Plummer is always fantastic. Rod Steiger is really good too. Um, and it's cool seeing Orson Welles in a film, especially post-Citizen Kane, because we know he went off the rails and found the bottle there for a while. But I don't know. It just wasn't really my cup of tea. Like I said, there's definitely things to like. The costume design's pretty good. I like the backdrop. I like the war setting, and I like the performances. But it's just the story and the characters. They're just really dull, and they don't really add a lot for me. So this is my least favorite out of the releases. Um, there are a couple of special features here. We have a Waterloo um, Sheldon on Hall um, featurette, um, which I haven't watched, uh, 1080p resolution of the film, and a theatrical trailer. No photo gallery on this one. Um, and I'm going to give Waterloo a... I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, as a Blu-ray release, it will get a 7 out of 10 from me. A few more special features would have been good, but, I mean, what do they have access to, you know? Um, but, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay, but, yeah, it just wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, But that brings this episode to a close, guys. So like I said, I've got these four titles. I've uh, Five titles, sorry. Um, My counting's a bit off. I'll leave a link down below for um, those titles there. So you can definitely pick them up still. There's still a couple around, which is pretty good because they were selling quite quickly. But um, there's, yeah, a lot to like there amongst those releases. There's definitely things that, um, you know, you're not going to like as much. Um, but there's definitely things you can still find and really enjoy. Um, so, like I said, there's five new titles coming out in August from Imprint Films, all world exclusives on Blu-ray. 
The first is When Worlds Collide, which is easily my most anticipated out of this lot. The second is uh, A Place in the Sun. Um, Elizabeth Taylor stars in it. That's as much as I know of that one. I'll be sharing some trailers of these releases as well so you know what's coming. Another Rod Steiger film as well, No Way to Treat a Lady, um, which looks all right. Um, we have also uh, The Carpet Baggers, um, which is another film that I'm not really you know, too familiar with. And um, The Nightfalls, which I have seen before with Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Andy Garcia. Um, it came out in the 90s. Um, uh, sorry, The Nightfalls on Manhattan. Uh, this is a film I did see, oh, would have been about 15 years ago now. It was on TV late one night and I was quite, um, I definitely wasn't old enough to understand what's going on, but I do remember seeing that one when I was younger. So yeah, I look forward to reviews of those August titles as well. Hopefully it won't take me as long to review those ones for you guys. I do apologize. It's taking me ages, but um, I've been quite busy and yeah, it just didn't work out exactly the way I planned, but yeah, Look forward to more reviews coming soon. I'll hopefully have a review of The Wretched um, very soon for you guys. But, yeah, stay classy and look forward to more content coming at you soon. Peace out.